Hi, this is Geeta Nandikotkur, Managing Editor for Asia and Middle East with Information Security Media Group. I caught up with Leonard Kleinman, Chief Cyber Security Advisor, Asia Pacific and Japan RSA, recently in Singapore to discuss the impact of Australia's mandatory breach notification law on organizations and the kind of new requirements it brings in. Leonard discusses the challenges and the preparedness of the security practitioners in complying with the new law. Thanks and welcome for the discussion. Discussion. Leon? My pleasure. Thank you for having me. You have been instrumental in drafting a lot of policies for Asia Pacific with regard to breach notification and also with regard to the guidelines around cybersecurity. So, Australia has recently announced its breach notification law. Correct, so, what yes. is the kind of impact it is going to make? And can you give me some background on that? Certainly, yeah. The laws will actually come into in existence in February of next year through our normal political process. Any law goes through what we call royal assent. So, it's 12 months from the time that our politicians agree to it putting it simply. Prior to that, it had been introduced a number of times to Parliament for consideration and uh, due to a whole host of reasons, never got ratified, put it that way. The laws itself, I personally think, are a little long overdue. I know that um, there's a lot of this similar type laws that are coming out around the world. The GDPR in Europe is another such law as well. With Australia's laws, there was a round of consultation that was done, which allowed industry and other associations to make comment on the law. There were some changes made to it, and then it was presented back to Parliament and now being ratified can become law there. There have also been certain consequences also. Correct, yeah. I think that it's interesting because in the conversations that I've had with a lot of organisations, most organisations go immediately to the consequences, you know, what happens if I get breached and so forth. Whereas I think that if you look at the laws, really trying to improve the overall posture associated with uh, cybersecurity. It has two main reasons, if you want, for it being. One, first and foremost, to allow citizens in the event of a breach to be able to get appropriate notification so that they can undertake and protect their, their own interests. So if their bank details are compromised, they can go and talk to their banks and do something about it, for example. The second thing it does is it helps to signal to industry and so forth that personal data or the protection of personal data is a very serious thing and it's seen as a serious thing by our government. So that's all good in that respect. But your point is right. Organisations immediately look to, okay, what if I get breached? That's what I try to do in conversations to say, look, yes, those are consequences, but the spirit here of the law really is about how organisations can look to improve their posture. The legislation itself, I find that it, it's one piece, the fabric of cybersecurity. And one of the things that I like talking about here is that organizations tend to look at cybersecurity traditionally as a, a cost center. But through legislation, it's one mechanism where you can help organizations make the right decisions by mandating you know, minimum standards through regulatory compliance or legislation. So when you look at it that way, it actually helps an organization in deciding, okay, where do I need to spend money in terms of cybersecurity? So it helps guide them in that respect. It's not perfect, absolutely, but then that's why we have that process and legislation to make amendments and change as we go along. 
but it certainly helps in that respect. If you look at organizations across not just Australia, but overall Asia Pacific, especially taking the banking sector, for instance. So the banking sector, the BFSI sector has been under regulatory pressure to inform, to notify breaches. Yes. And uh, there have been guidelines issued by all the regulators, but it is not mandatory. Mm-hmm. So with this legislation, Australia, is it how is it going to be different? Well, you rightly point out, I mean, the big difference there it is mandatory. And there are two things that I find like to focus on when talking to organizations about legislation. Firstly, the business needs to evaluate the legislation and understand the impact of that legislation. And part of that impact comes back to whether it applies to them. So with Australia, the legislation is mandatory, but it only applies to agencies that have a turnover of $3 million or more. So for example, a small SME business don't necessarily have to comply from the mandatory nature of the legislation there. The other thing also with the legislation is that the aside from the $3 million threshold there, the other side of the legislation also comes back to notice uh, understanding that there's other legislation in play. So things like state governments and council, that legislation doesn't apply to them. Basically, it boils down to any organization that currently has to adhere to Privacy Law of 1988, the mandatory data breach law will apply to them. So the second stage is in business, if they determine that the law applies to them, so they're caught within the scope of the law, the second thing is understanding what do they have to do to comply. And now that's where it gets interesting. So when I talk to organizations, I want to be able to help them to understand what do they need to do to ensure they comply with the legislation, that they don't breach it, because that's a risk of business. And the second aspect is what do they have to do to actually respond in terms of actual uh, investigations associated with breach investigation. Is there a penalty imposed or they fail to report breaches? So part of the legislation says that organisations where they believe that there's good grounds that they may have experienced a data breach, they have roughly 30 days to conduct an investigation to make a determination as to whether they need to notify. There's an expected time limit that's associated with that. So if they don't meet the legislation and they'd say they have a breach and they don't notify, they can be subject to penalties. So business and organizations of up to $1.8 million. And for individuals, it's up to $360,000. It's important to note that the legislation is worded in a manner that the penalties don't automatically apply. For example, if an organization has a breach, fails to notify, yes, they could be potentially penalized. But the commissioner on his, the Privacy Commission on his investigation has the discretion, while well, in this instance, I will require the organization to make a, a public notification about it and undertake other actions. So he doesn't have to apply the penalty straight away. That's the way the law is actually worded. There have been penalties uh, law has you know, imposed, but the, from a practitioner point, mm-hmm. where do you think are the real impediments for them to either report or you know, get into that situation where they have been breached? Well, what is the big challenge they have? I think there's a couple of things here. This is a really good question, actually. First and foremost, I, I think the law embraces the, the idea of uh, risk and business risk, whereas a lot of organizations tend to have a compliance-driven mindset, which means there's a standard, I need to meet that standard, they tick the box, and that's it. From the, the risk-based perspective, which is the spirit of what the law here is, I think that will be an issue for organizations is, for example, I mentioned that 30-day 
just do an investigation? Do they have the necessary capability to be able to investigate in that time frame? That's going to be part of the challenge there. Do they have the people? Do they have the right technology stack that gives them that visibility so that they can actually go and do the investigations, get the right information, the artifacts, the evidence, and then be able to sit back and say, based on all this investigations and the material here, yes, we need to notify or no, and within the time frame. The GDPR out of the EU gives you three days. So the requirement or the ability to be able to do that investigation accurately, efficiently, and effect is still there. It's just that under the GDPR, it's even a greater sense of urgency. But your, to your question, I think that's going to be part of the challenges for organizations. Do they have the right technology stacks? Do they understand where their, their assets are? Do they understand the classification of their assets? It calls into question a need for organizations to undertake a good cybersecurity Cyber posture. Right? Does an organization have an incident response plan, for example? If it has one, when was it last reviewed? It needs to be reviewed in particular in the context of the legislation now because your incident response plan makes certain assumptions Correct. that are changing because the legislative requirements are changing. In fact, as you rightly said, most organizations, they're all driven by compliance. I'm also talking about the critical infrastructure like banking sector, mm-hmm. which is supposed to be way ahead in deploying the latest technologies as compared to other sectors. And they are not looking at business-driven model at all. And they right. don't have even cyber forensic capabilities to investigate post-breach scenario. So given that context as a background, what do you suggest should be the best practices they need to do to comply with the legislation? First and foremost, I mentioned undertaking a uh, good uh, cyber security posture review. Part of that, you may want to look at organizations who deliver a service known as a privacy impact evaluation or privacy impact statement. So these organizations will come and they will help the organization, the business, understand those key assets and where they're at. Uh, and in the end, will help them to understand just where their risks are with regards to privacy and or breach of privacy risk. The second thing I would really suggest also is that they review their technology stack and look at what they have at hand. For certain organizations, they may not actually want or have the ability to build the technology and the capability internally. So they may want to then look at uh, outsource services for incidents like incident response capabilities so that if they believe that they've been breached, they can actually have a good subject matter expert come in, do the investigations and help them to make that determination to notify and meet the legislative requirements. But that would probably be the two main things, I think. Start with your, your posture assessment, look at your privacy and the impact. Um, statement capabilities in there and then look at also whether you have the right technology in place because in the end if you cannot actually see what's happening in your environment you're pretty much dead in the water there and that's why I, I suggest okay if you don't have that ability then organizations need to think about how they can facilitate that capability through an external service or procured service. So realistically speaking, how do you see these organizations in this region to be gearing up to that level of, you know, okay, we have been breached and we will be reporting and how do we engage with regulators and law enforcement to address the issues? Do you see that coming? I 
And again, I, I think it comes back to something you mentioned earlier. I think a country has legislation that is mandatory that really creates a greater sense of urgency for them to you know, undertake the analysis of their security posture and whether they can meet the legislation. Where there's a voluntary legislation in place, I think that creates less of a sense of urgency. So those two things for, for starters. In terms of the, and I'll, I'll focus on the ones that have mandatory legislation. I know yeah, Australia's got it. I know New Zealand partway to, through a review and looking at also implementing mandatory legislation. Other than the country's own legislation, I mentioned earlier the, the GDPR, I think that is going to have quite a profound impact for organisations around the globe, especially organisations who do deliver goods and services that process EU resident data. I still go back to the two things I said earlier, and the legislative side of things, understanding the law, does it apply to you? and then mapping out what you need to do to comply. And then on the uh, side from the law, on the application side of it, starting with the uh, security posture assessment and stepping your step, uh, your way through that in terms of understanding your assets, their criticality, so therefore their risk, classification of data, right through to your technology, uh, your incident response plans, uh, as well as obviously the critical uh, asset, that being people as well. Because from my point of view, in particular with GDPR, just about any business anywhere around the world is going to be impacted by this particular piece of legislation. Thank you so okay. much, Lynn, for your insights on the impact that the legislation, the breach law notification would have on the organization.